I'm Masood Milas. This is my journey into the music industry. I just bought myself a pocket synthesizer, and I want to sell my beast to Drake. Over the next few episodes, I'm going to talk to some industry experts, you know, some insider people who really know what the hell is going on and ask them what I need to do if I want to make it. Hey, welcome to the industry, kids. <laughs> You'd be glad you got any Easter eggs. Back in my day. And you're lucky you got paid, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and don't forget, one of those Easter eggs is mine. I'm your manager. <laughs> I got a cut. Not 10%. <laughs> Walking out and talking all over his face. Hey, that's how it works. That's how the cookie crumbles. What a nightmare. Phil, I'm going to be doing a lot of work. How do I know I'm not going to get ripped off? Who do I trust? Hmm. My first payment (laughs) in the music industry was three Easter eggs and there's four of us. That is the injustice of the music industry summed up in one shitty little anecdote. There's four of you with three Easter eggs. Yeah. You serious? Well, one on the end. Of- hey, welcome to the industry, kid. You'd be glad you got any Easter eggs. Hmm. Okay. Well, who do I trust? You know what? I think Josh is a good guy. Straight up. Knows where the money's at. I'm going to chat to him. From an artist's perspective, it's so interesting because it looks like they've worked up until a point. Then they get a manager and then that manager then somehow gets them a label. Yeah. And then their record comes out. Yeah. And but then some people forget the beginning part, which is that they didn't have anybody and they just were discovered by someone at random. It just so happens that the artist that I discovered did have... 100,000 fans on YouTube at yeah. the time, but no manager. Yeah. The hard work that she put into making her audience as large as it was at the time, and still to some people, it wasn't big enough. You know what? I'm going to chat to Mr. Fun, all right? He's done it all. He's been on both sides of the fence, okay? He's probably even sold beats to Drake already. Yeah, I wonder what he thinks. Well, I was going to ask about going from gamekeeper to poacher, <laughs> to the, yes, poacher exactly. or the switch from being in the industry on that side to jumping to the music side. Having the knowledge, did that help anything? So certainly, and just in terms of assembling a team of people, you know, getting a record off the ground is a really hugely collaborative process and you need everybody to be on side and kind of organised and all. And just in terms of assembling the team that we put around that first Two Bears record, it was just people that I'd known and had worked with for years and everybody was kind of amenable and up for it. And when things started to go well, to much to everybody's surprise, <laughs> not least my own, then it, you know, everybody feels good. And you, it's like any project where you're working with a lot of people, when the feeling's right and everybody's pulling in the same direction, it's a powerful thing and it can go a long way. You know, If you're into something, go and find out about it. Go and get involved in gigs, put on nights, whatever. Just I did all of these things. Get involved, get started, do it on your own in the first instance. Do it yourself, honestly. Yeah. And then at the point where you need help, then you might find it or quite often... It will come to you. But just, yeah, get cracking. Don't wait. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay, yeah, you can't wait around. Right. <laughs> Time nice waits for no man. Okay, so get cracking and get yourself a good team. Well, okay, well, Terry had a great team. It sounds like finding a team is so important yes. around you. Just getting caught with, with people who go, hey, sign up to this. Yes. You're going to be big, kid. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Yeah, everything's going to be great. Yeah, hey, come on that. now. Yeah. And... Uh, did you find that in the early days? Did you find that you you got swept up in that? Oh a my bit? god! Ex- listen, there's moments in my in my career that I'm still now. I'm like every time I think about it, I cringe. Just, <laughs> uh, 
Because there's this video, I mean, people, it's out there anyway, it's called Vultsy Daisy, and it's like, this is around the time when Beyonce had Crazy in Love, and she, the record was produced by the same people that had done Superstar. And right. The first album that I'd had out, yeah. I had like most death on it, and you know, it had, oh, it, that's right. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like a proper, you know, it, had, it was critically acclaimed, did really well, but it didn't sell anything. Yeah. So the second album now, when I still signed to Mercury, you know, they wanted me to sell records. So they're like, no. okay, well, this is what's working right now, so we need to do this. Oh. So I had this weave in my hair, yeah, I'm yeah. wearing this pink dress, which like Beyonce wears, but like a cheap version of it. We're in a cobblestone, <laughs> I'm doing this in the video like no. and you know me I don't do that like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm more like you know I just wanted to sing and yeah. understand about songwriting maybe even understanding what my purpose was mm. I just went along with it Yeah. but that's another learning curve the moment it didn't feel right I had to keep it moving would you say there's a way of finding out a right team? Do you know what? I think so. I think someone that's not scared to be honest with you, even yeah. if they think that you might lose them. I have people around me. My mum, she doesn't like a song. She's like, oh, this is rubbish. <laughs> she'd actually, she'd write rubbish on CDs when she finds a CD. Oh, that's rubbish. And she'd write, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. She's that's that way. Like my mum. <laughs> rubbish. Like that's... in capital letters, rubbish. <laughs> my management as well. Like, if you don't like something, he's not going to be like, yes, yeah, it's great. And then that for me is very, it's very important because I want, whatever I move forward with, yeah. I want him to be able to have that same Well, they got to believe in it. Otherwise, then what are they doing? Otherwise, yeah. gonna, you're going to see it come across like, yeah, I've got this record, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want to... Yeah, do you yeah. want to listen to yeah, okay. You don't have to if you don't yeah, want to, but sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, I didn't, well, I didn't want the record. <laughs> I'll be like, you didn't, you didn't push hard enough yeah. for that. Oh, well, yeah. Didn't want it though, innit? Like, no, you didn't no, push hard enough for it. So, <laughs> you, you, you know, you sometimes, you know, also sometimes you've got to know when you've got to push for things yourself until people see what you see as well. I think at one point I was always looking for new management, but then it got to the point where I was just managing myself. In fact, yeah. <laughs> I made up this email. My dad passed away. His name was Horace Walker. So, I made up this email called Horace Walker and oh. I'd email people. <laughs> oh, and I I'm love like, stories and, like hey. this. It's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, so Terry would, yeah, Terry's cool. And people would email me, like, oh, Horace is amazing. I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> yes. I'm like, he's really good in it because he's so quick he answers emails so quick he's so efficient we love dealing with Horace yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great Harris is great oh man I'd love to take him out for a pint I'm like yeah just trust me when you meet him like it's happened a few times that's why I think if anyone ever get, gets to listen back to this podcast yeah. sorry if you're one of those people it I was me it would have been great if you if you had someone that you hired as like Horace yeah as like the face of Horace the face they, of Horace well, like, now this is the real face it's the real Horace but I would have been that's so great did anyone ever like say anything that you're like well Mm. You know, like they they sent Horace a message. You're like, oh, she's that, a bit. That you shouldn't. Yeah, that you definitely should have <laughs> no, read. Luckily, oh, really? luckily okay. they didn't. Oh, luckily they didn't. Yeah, it was okay. like, oh, you know, she's good. It was just always just about like contracts, making sure it got signed, and you oh, know, okay. what time she needs to be there. And but then obviously, okay, it's okay if she can make this date. Yeah. And then Horace will just answer very yeah. quickly. Uh, Horace is on. Horace is on the ball. There and there he's on the ball. On time, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, should I try to be my own manager then? Hmm, okay, Horace is taken. How about Mr. Goldhand? Yes, yes. Good afternoon, Mr. Goldhand's office. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. That is very good. Let me get an email set up here. Oh, snap, there's Phil. Hey, Phil, 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 hey, it's Masood, it's me again. Um, how would you, how do you know you have a good team? The hardest thing in being in a band is actually getting a team together and getting people interested enough to want to work with your music. Ideally, like a team for me, mm-hmm. when I try and build a team around an artist, I try and put a booking agent in there so that you've got somebody who looks after all of their live stuff, a really good manager or two managers. Mm-hmm. Um, looking after a group, you'll have somebody to look after your radio. Um, you'll have somebody who look after your press online and PR and publicity. And that's really ma- the main bits of it. Mm-hmm. It costs quite a lot of money to get that team together. So you normally need like a, either a record deal or some sort of funding or be absolutely shit hot to the point where 
everybody who's working on it is fine working for free because they right. know that like it's going to absolutely blow and they'll get paid off the back yeah which happens very very seldom <laughs> uh, as much as you try going these guys are going to be massive because you work for five years for free um <laughs> no okay nice one phil get shit hot so i don't have to pay yeah that could take a while uh you know what i might play my beat to josh you know he's he's a great manager he might go mad for it but but am I going to be, like, the right artist for him? Josh, what are your criteria for taking on, like, someone like me? Like, how would you go about it, Josh? For you to be a manager, you need to know so much about all kinds of different elements of the music industry. So you yeah. need to know about live, you need to know about press, you need to know about radio, you need to know about how to make a record, who to contact, who yeah. to, you know. So if you take it from the very base level thing is that you hear an artist, you think they're very good, but they need hand, a hand with recording right. their single. Okay, You are then the person that then essentially is the middleman or middle person to say, well... I know X number of producers. Let's mm-hmm. put you in with all of these different people and see if that works. Right. So to manage somebody and take them from the point that they wanted to get to. Yeah. Because everybody starts in one place and they always have a dream and they always have a desire and a vision. But your job is to carry out their vision. Okay, yeah. And for for that, you need to find the right artist and somebody who you truly believe in as, as soon as you start. Maybe I can make friends with a manager. And they do get 20%. They better be my friend. James, what do you think? You become part of the band. Okay. You help shape a band. You help help them help them be what you think they should be or what of they course. want to be. Yeah. So personally, in my own experience, and I, I, again, everybody's A&R, every A&R person is different. Mm. I the what the times when I've been successful work with bands say like the Strokes or yeah. the Libertines to, to a name two of them probably the only two I've been successful with, let's be honest. <laughs> but hey, that's another story. <laughs> um, but hey, not a bad two. Yeah, so um, um, I, when I first meet these people, I want to be part of, I, I almost act like I'm in the band. Right. So you you become an integral cog in that band's machine. I see. You become part of the band. And I, there was definitely a time with the Libertines, uh, definitely with the Libertines, a little bit with the Strokes, but definitely the Libertines, where I, I was inseparable with the band I was part of it I was part of the machine mm. and that was from the moment of me seeing them to then doing demos with them when I was working at Rough Trade Records doing demos with them and then getting the bosses at Rough Trade to say yes let James let's sign them and then doing more demos with them and getting the right producer for them mm. working out I was going to do the record and going on the road with them and saying look you need to you know, I don't really think you should do the set like that we should do it like this we should do this we should do that mm. but, all, but, but working together yeah. So you're you're almost in the band and you feel part of the band. And it's I guess in a similar way, and it's quite a crass analogy, but it works very well. It's it's like being a parent. Cool. You know, I think these guys could be my team. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but they think my beats are rubbish. I need some songwriting chops ASAP. I need to lab, let down some vibes, make that beat, collect that coin, and 